Welcome to the Backstage Leadership Conversations, a podcast series by the Digital Tourism Think Tank in collaboration with Abu Dhabi Business Events Week, organized by Abu Dhabi's Culture and Tourism Department. I'm Nick Hall, and in this series, we'll explore the post-pandemic trends in business travel, focusing on key areas such as technology, impact, sustainability, and recovery. Ready to jump into today's episode? Stay tuned to learn more about how Abu Dhabi is helping the MICE sector to thrive. In this episode, we'll dive into where technology disruption might come from next with Alistair Frost, the future-ready mindset expert. Alistair is a digital transformation pioneer who has been developing his understanding of how we can develop a future-ready mindset throughout the last three decades, which have spanned a really fascinating career. From his early days as a marketing manager at Kimberly Clark to his appointment as Microsoft's first head of digital marketing strategy, he's been paying close attention to the magical point where people and technology intersect. This has given him unique insights into the challenges our technology-fueled future will create, but also into the opportunities that they can bring. During his keynote at the Abu Dhabi Business Events Week, Alastair mentioned something that stuck with me. Change can sometimes take a different form. It doesn't always have to be big and radical. It can also be small, iterative processes that can create a lot of impact. Well, knowing that Alastair has spent the last 10 years of his career working with a vast array of brands across all sectors to advise them on the importance of adaptability, I wanted to get his opinion on what this means for the tourism industry in today's context. Well, I, I've, I was very privileged when I was at Microsoft. I got myself a front row seat, really, in the world of technology. And it was a big culture shock for me because I came from a very traditional, established organization, manufacturing, you know, fast-moving consumer goods. And that was incredibly inspiring for me to realize how much I had to change as an individual to cope with the pace of technological change. What's happened since is obviously technology keeps moving forwards and it accelerates forwards. That's something we understand. Technology breeds more technology. That's We've had that for many years. And so what I've been doing is trying to help other organizations who perhaps are not as directly related to the world of technology as a company like Microsoft to help them to come to terms with that and realize that they too need to go through the sorts of changes that I went through myself when I arrived at Microsoft. So adaptability for me is... It's just a recognition that you cannot continue to do business as as normal in the old ways. You have to radically change parts of your culture, parts of your thinking, parts of your leadership to allow you to seize opportunities more quickly, to innovate and experiment and all of those things. And uh, it's as relevant to the travel industry as every other industry, of course. Taking into consideration that we often mistakenly consider adaptability as something that's linked to technology and requires very specific expertise, I asked Alistair what his thoughts are on this, as his background clearly shows us that we should really defy many of the misconceptions that exist when we think about technology and how we apply and embrace the opportunities that it can bring within our industry. I think the thing for me is we get seduced by technology. I often talk about SOS, shiny object syndrome, and we all get it, right? We see some new thing come out. It might be a new smartphone. It might be... 3D goggles, I don't know, whatever it is. And you fall in love with that and you're like, wow, that's really cool and so on. And it's never about the technology for me. It's about the place where technology and people 
collide, where they come together, and does it actually work to solve a problem that people genuinely have? And far too often with technology solutions, we see that thing and think we need to have that because that will prove we're progressive, we're thinking and so on. But actually, does it solve a problem? Does it? Is it useful? Will the people for whom we design it actually accept it and want to have that in their lives? And so that's the fascinating thing. And for me, um, every organization I work with suffers from this, this problem of being being falling in love with technology rather than pursuing what is right for their customers. And at the end of the day, I'm a marketing guy and everybody in the travel industry should consider themselves to be a marketing person. It is about the end consumer of the product at the end of the day. And if you're thinking about them, that is generally a better way to guide your decision-making for adaptation and being future ready than by seizing whatever technology thing catches the corner of your eye. The phrase that Alistair mentioned, shiny object syndrome, really stuck with me as it's something that I believe we should all reflect on a little bit more as we look towards new opportunities that lie ahead. We must also always remember to be human-centric when designing new developments and thinking of how they could be integrated with existing products. Based on these, I wanted to explore with Alistair the importance of embracing new developments such as Meta and AR and reflect a little on how they're proving to be disruptive in today's environment in the way that they're changing business models and how we adapt to these new technologies on a day-to-day basis. It's, it's important that we're aware of them and we think about them, but ultimately, unless they actually solve a customer problem, then they're possibly not the right thing to do. And so I'll go back to my previous answer, which is we start with the customer. We actually work out if this is going to solve a relevant problem. And, and, and we only adopt those things as and when they, they serve that purpose. The, the thing with technology is there'll always be something new and it will always be bigger and better and so on. So the one certainty we have, which is slightly depressing, is whatever you do today will be horrifyingly out of, out of fashion in a few years' time. We don't know when, right? So whether it's the metaverse, AI, augmented reality, whatever the heck it is, um, we know that's only going to be for a short period of time. But here's the thing, it might be a crucial stepping stone on the pathway to whatever follows. So you need people in your organization who are aware of the possibilities, who are thinking about those possibilities, carefully evaluating them for for your organization, for what you're trying to do, and making informed decisions about whether this is where we should place a bet or not. What tends to happen is the opposite, is that shiny object syndrome creeps in. We go to a conference or an exhibition or an event, or a supplier phones us up and they've got this amazing thing they can do. And before we know it, we've got an app that nobody wanted. Or, or we've got a virtual reality display that doesn't actually add anything to the, the customer experience. So that's, that's the lens through which you've got to look at technology. I think we all know about this we need an app syndrome. And we need to, <laughs> as you say, remind ourselves that perhaps today it's no longer about apps, but we mm. need to keep asking ourselves, are we suffering from that? Are we following the technology and not the problem? But, but apps is just one of the examples of that thing. You know, that was that's probably an old, out-of-date reference really now because... Most organizations have tried an app. They've either succeeded or failed. Um, and the reason we got apps is because we saw apps all around us. We, we contacted suppliers. Yeah, guess what? They got a developer sat in a corner twiddling their fingers with nothing to do. They'll sell that developer to us for however long we want. And we, 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 t- we grab an app. And what we haven't done is said, okay, what's the future of apps? Where is this going? How do we maintain the app? What's the cost of the app? All of these factors, uh, do we have the app on all on 
uh, one of my personal bugbears? Do we do it for iOS, the Apple operating system, or do we do it for Android? Do you know how all of these sort of very intelligent questions that you should ask, we tend not to ask because we think, oh, we're in the hands of the experts. And sometimes the experts have got an app to sell. And so they'll lead you down that path. That's why you have to think for yourself. And you've got to have enough awareness to make an intelligent judgment on those options that will come forward to you. And there will always be more. There will always be something else. So best build that muscle internally so that you can properly evaluate these things. Organizations need to have the ability and agility to analyze the environments, to be able to assess the viability of different trends, and to be able to make measured assessments on what they might mean for both the business and their customers. And of course, in many organizations, this seems to be a challenge due to their structures, which make things like prototyping and iterative testing really, really complicated. So I wanted to see what Alistair's view was on this and what perhaps he had as recommendations for those organizations that require more agility to be built into their structures and their teams and how we might think about some of the opportunities as we look forward. My, what I preach is that the responsibility lies with every individual in the organization. And it's the culture of the organization that will determine whether people will take it on. We're, individuals are more than capable of having brilliant ideas and seeing possibilities. Right through, you know, from all parts of the organization. It might be someone who works behind the reception desk. It might be someone who's answering the telephone. It might be someone in the staff canteen if you've got one. It doesn't actually matter where they work in the organization and what their specialty is. They are all capable of viewing possibilities and having ideas. So what I preach is this concept of a future-ready mindset across the organization where ultimately all individuals in that company are empowered to think about the future and to bring ideas to the table. The problem that I see more often than not is that we create maybe an innovation department or these are the research and development people. These are, or this is the ideas team. And it kind of gives the rest of the organization permission not to have ideas. That's, that, why would you do that? That's crazy. And why are those three, four people better at having ideas than anybody else? They aren't, of course. What's much better is if you've got a whole company that's saying, you know, we are thinking about the future. We do want to serve our customers right uh, in the long term. How do we do that? And, and empowering everybody to have ideas, right from the top leadership down to, you know, the new recruit who started last week. So it's about complete culture change within the organization rather than insourcing that to one department where everybody else gets off scot-free. And that's a, that's a mindset shift. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that, to be fair. You know, you can, you can still do it in small pockets. So typically organ departments like maybe marketing, communications, they, they may be more sort of forward thinking because that's kind of their role. They have to be at the leading edge, um, you know, if they want to be successful. So you can start with small teams, you can start with small groups. But the ultimate destination that I like to see is that, yes, the leaders of the company want everybody to be thinking not just about today, but also about the future. And I, 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 I've got this very simple distinction in my mind of the brilliant people in the companies that I meet. There are people who are today ready and they get up in the morning and they hit the ground running and they do everything. They hit the deadlines, they do their emails, they turn up to meetings on time. Brilliant people. You need them, but they're also people who are future ready. And those people do the, all the today ready stuff, plus the exploration, plus the ideation. They're, they're thinking, they're exploring, they're thinking beyond today. They're thinking about well, what is next. And they're prepared to hypothesize about possibilities, to experiment, to test and to learn. And, and the more of that that you can ultimately build into your organization, 
the richer your growth path will be. Looking back at Alistair's visit to Abu Dhabi, I wanted to get his perspective on the travel industry's ability to adapt and embrace change and how this looks compared to other industries that Alistair's worked with and provided really sound advice to. I think, I think actually you're a little, the travel industry is a little hard on itself. Um, it has innovated more than it perhaps realizes. It's just that the innovations are kind of slow and creeping and you don't, they're not radical reinvention. It's not like suddenly we, we're on, you know, we're using time travel or something dramatic. You know, it's just kind of a slow creeping thing. And I think actually a lot of the travel industry has been, has gone through radical change. I mean, maybe not in the last couple of years because of all of the, the disruption that's happened, but, you know, transferring the ways that, that, that customers can buy products, can research products, can access them, making that easy to consume, changing the experience while you're in the destination or even in the air, you know, whatever, wherever you happen to be. I think they've done a huge amount. And actually, they're far from, it's far from the worst industry for change. But what it can do more of is being more progressive and more and thinking faster. I, 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 I passionately believe that, I mean, it's a hugely competitive sector, of course. If you want to be the best, if you want to be the destination of choice or you want to be the provider of choice, you've got to have an organization that thinks and learns faster than your competitors. You've got to do that. It's not about you know driving down the price or having more stars on the badge above the hotel or whatever it is. It's actually about thinking and acting faster so that you're learning. Um, and I think the travel industry has, has been a good proponent of that in many areas, um, but like everyone can probably do more. And it's the people that seize that opportunity that will realize that ambition. To wrap up my insightful conversation with Alistair, highlighting the outcomes of the Abu Dhabi Business Events Week was, of course, really important, as the event served to bring together different perspectives from across the sector to collaborate and allow for ideas to be fostered and harnessed, pushing the evolution of the industry ever forwards. So with this, I was curious to hear what his opinion was on the event and, of course, what he thought about Abu Dhabi as a destination. I mean, it's been it's it's phenomenal. The the audience um, and the and the people that were collected, the conversations that I had were fascinating, and it, it's a reminder if we ever need it. I, I mean, the travel industry doesn't need this, or the meetings industry doesn't need this reminder. But when you get people together and you put them into a nice environment like Abu Dhabi, and you have you know they're they're catered well for and they're looked after, they feel comfortable, they relax. That the conversations that flow is is extraordinary. So I think it's a, it's a remarkable demonstration of actually what the travel industry does at its very best. Uh, and so I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my trip here, met some amazing people, had some really mind-blowing conversations with people. And I hope that um, I hope others are going away with a freshness of spirit, just as I am, and thinking, actually, there's even more opportunity than I realized. That, that, that was, it was always there. It just needed that physicality of getting people together and making that magic happen. And yeah, fair play to uh, the Abu Dhabi guys for, for making this happen. It was, it was remarkable. From my conversation with Alistair, I was able to get a better understanding of the importance of being agile as organizations and understanding just how important this is to adapting to disruption, whether it comes from technology or factors in the environment in which we operate that generally tend to be somewhat out of our control. We also had some really key takeaways, such as the fact that when it comes to technology developments, expertise is not everything. 
we also can have the ability to consider how these might fit in with our products and our customers and the ability to make that evaluation to consider the relevance that it might have for everything we're doing from internal right through to how it impacts our overall experience within the destination. In the next episode, I will be interviewing Paul Rolkins, the high performance mastermind with whom I'll be deep diving into how we can further the competitiveness of the mice sector. This will be the last episode of the season, so make sure you don't miss it. Thank you.